Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Mount Rush 4. We're taking a trip to the funny pages with this episode. That's right, we're going to be discussing the Mount Rushmore of comic strips. What makes the list? Who stands out? Find out and join us in the funny pages because here we go with the Mount Rushmore of comic strips. Calm down, children. Just quit fucking poking me, man. It's like a viper strike. It, it's impossible. The venom is flowing through your veins. <laughs> suck out the poison. Will anybody suck out the poison? <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Mount Rush 4. I'm your host, David A. Smith. We have got a good one tonight. We're discussing the Mount Rushmore of comic strips. And joining me, as always, to my right is Daniel Wagner. Daniel, Hello. what's up? Hello. Once again, back for another one. Yes, we are. TJ, <laughs> TJ, how you doing? TJ Rip, everybody. I'm, I'm doing excellent. I'm about eight beers into the night. So Woo! Uh, eight. Yeah. Woo! Well, well done. Yeah. Well done. Still they got good. help for that. We have our wonderful <laughs> sound guy, Matt, making sure everything sounds fantastic. Funny story. Every Sunday, I get the funnies, and I get the classifieds. I read the classifieds and become depressed because I don't have a job, and then I read the funnies. I become depressed because become most even of more them are Yeah. That you've fallen into that routine like so Family many Family circle us. guy, aren't you? Oh, boy. That's a more, of a, more of a Ziggy man. <laughs> more of a Ziggy man. Now, if you want depressing, go with Funky Winker Bean. Uh, Jake, ha- we ha- <laughs> there's a change. We have Jake Gordon joining us again. Audible. Jake, how you doing? Oh, you know. I'm all right. I'm happy to be here. Oh, my God. Great to be here, David. Listen, I, funny thing happened to me on the way to the podcast. What's that, Jake? Oh, I found I had terminal cancer. Oh, really? Oh, it's not really going to be a problem, though. I died years ago on the inside. Oh, oh. fantastic. That is just right. wonderful. Having fun here. I heard you wanted to plug something. Oh yeah, I'm mean, gonna. I have a, <laughs> subtle. <laughs> wow, yeah, just, just subtle. I, I hope it. I hope it, it happens before. Is you it because die. I was wearing my special limited edition Electric Moon sweatshirt and my Electric Moon sunglasses and my Electric Moon jeans with my cool sewn-on embroidered Electric Moon patches that I'm pretending exist? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in so this band. Play for. Uh, Bakwai. Electric Moon. <laughs> oh, what are they doing? Well, they the are lazing around. I am <laughs> making the podcast circuit, trying to promote our fantastic new live record that is coming out next uh, month. Awesome. Is Bakwai yeah, in your band also? Bakwai is our band. Yes, I yeah. knew I knew them. Yeah, our new record's called Bakwai. It was recorded live at, <laughs> yeah. at Bakwai. <laughs> no, it's called, it's called Electric Moon Live at the Liver of Dixie, and it was recorded in our very own Egan's Bar. As far as I know, the only live record recorded there. Did you, wow, did you actually get the shame in audio? Oh, you can hear it dripping. You will have to change your earbuds several times unless you are, unless you spend enough time in Egan's to be acclimated to the poison. I, so, I think we all have. On a scale... Lord knows I yeah. On a scale of one to nine hundred Modocs, how many Modocs would you rate your record at? I'd call it eight hundred thousand nine hundred seventy-six and one-third Modocs. That's a lot of good Modocs. Bitch, an album right there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, where do they pick that up at? 
Uh, they can pick it up online at electricmoon.bandcamp.com. Your one-stop shop for all audacious audibles. Excellent, excellent. That Everybody go check that out when it is plug. released. Yeah, it is, it is. I will plug everything else on the Well That's Cool podcast network, our triv- our friends at Trivial Pursuits. we got some new stuff coming up in the future, so check that out. Uh, and thanks to the wonderful sponsors that keep that going. But this episode, like we said, is going to be discussing Sunday comic strips, the Mount Rushmore of this particular topic. What makes a good comic strip? Kind of, kind of go around and get everyone's thoughts before we jump to the list. Um, what makes a good memorable comic strip? Is it longevity? Is it the staying power? Is it how the strip has evolved over time, especially if it started decades earlier? How does the rise of internet comic strips pl- play into the fact, uh, Daniel? Yeah, I let's just all admit to ourselves that most comic strips are really unfun. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, it is Early. a very thin list. Uh, of them that that Mary Worth, good. though, was just a knee slapper. <laughs> One of yeah. them made my list because of how consistently unfunny it is. Consistently, <laughs> nice. consistently bad comic strips. But there is. There's a few that actually make me chuckle. I found a lot of the comic strips, the ones that are on my list are ones that my granddad is a big was a big comic strip reader. And it was collections he showed me when i was a kid of being like hey this one's kind of funny or check this out um that's how i got in with them but you know every once in a while you'll find one that can either will either touch on really good social aspects and that's really good like your dunesberries or or the boondocks or such and then you've got others that are really funny and a lot of the times it's like a family circus so you know if it if it actually made me chuckle at some time it's probably going to make the list because it's very few that have ever made me chuckle that's funny because the only thing my grandpa ever showed me was his collection of nazi teeth and a pen where the women's clothes fell off when he no way he collected the teeth what else are you going to collect? There was nothing else left. Oh. <laughs> America, damn it. America. And I've got a lot of pride in my heart oh. just swelled up for your old man. Old man's oh, old man. I, I think it, what, what the, the first thing I was thinking was longevity, and you, you said it there, Dave. But um, another one that – No, you were <laughs> – My God, you said it, Dave. i tell you what, Dave. You hit, the, you hit the nail on the head with that one right there. Longevity. Longevity. But, uh, yeah, longevity. But not necessarily how long it runs, but uh, how long it stays in, in you know our, our culture. Uh, and another thing is art. Like if it's well drawn, if these guys actually take the time to to put out a well drawn comic strip, that that makes a big difference to me too. Jake, your thoughts? I actually picked all four of my um, comics for different reasons. I feel like I could. I, it was very difficult for me to settle on some criteria, and so I picked all four of them because I think they exemplify a different, very uh, silly uh, trope in our Sunday morning papers. Um, and one of them, uh, just because I think it's always been there for all eternity. Um, but it, it's difficult because it's such a strange me. It, it is a definitely anachronistic medium. I mean, like it is. I mean, people will argue that the newspaper itself is on the way out. Yeah, you know, yeah. which oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't necessarily believe, but there is a great, there's a good argument for it. And then there's like you know you see these like shitty secretaries who uh, just post up whatever roulette you know Dilbert cartoon. It'll be Kathy. It'll be Kathy. Can we have a whole episode about comic books? Can we do most hated comics? Yeah, we do most hated. hated. It's MODOK, Kathy. I was going to say comic strip characters that we would bone because Kathy has got such self-esteem issues that I'm pretty you sure any of us in this room has got a shot. Yeah. If, you brought, if you brought half a box of Krispy Kreme donuts, you would be in well, business. Well, a box of well, she's a married woman now, by the way. Yeah. To what? Well, she's married to some blonde-haired... Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
They God, made it on them, a couple. Get them two together. That's going to be a Look, bucket of fun. They were two comic strip characters love to fuck, wanted to make it honest, and they just found <laughs> each other through All page right. after page. Let's get let's jump with our four panel spots again. Panel. These aren't the lowest on the totem pole. Some might think of them that way, but we got to start somewhere. I'm starting one. This is purely sentimental and purely uh, longevity reasons. Um, my granddad used to call me this because I had sheets from this comic strip. It's Garfield. Nice. Uh, the strip is not without its criticism, as Jim Davis has notoriously outsourced it, and not really changed anything over the years. Early stuff is actually pretty decent, and it was it's a pretty colorful strip when you actually got to see it in color. Uh, I, I think it's kind of made for more entertaining TV specials and a cartoon than the actual comic strip, but it did oh, yeah. give rise to the fantastic like silent Garfield, where <laughs> it took all the Garfield's thought bubbles out, and it's just John talking to the cat and the cat not responding. Yeah. And it's incredibly or sad. Isn't it just Garfield without Gar? It's like it's just it's that's, a, that's actually a separate work of art. And yes, I don't mean to, you know I'll, I'll let you have your day on that, but I actually have a whole spiel because I'm um, spoiler alert. Garfield's my number four. Garfield's about the, my number about four the Garfield well. spinoffs, which there uh, are U.S. Many. Acres well, uh, and no. I, if I'm going with a cat, I'm going Heathcliff. Okay, They're Heathcliff. Heathcliff. Strip, no one should. Heathcliff was put well, in definitely comic a comic strip. strip. That yeah. was more of a. Yes, it was. Uh, yes, it was. Look it up, definitely buddy. Definitely a comic strip. Yeah, yeah, it was. Mm. But my thing with Garfield, it I had a Garfield a, knockoff. But it so was. let's just uh, clear it up. We got three Garfields in number four spot. Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, no, I'm just get, to my, get to my no, reasons of, of why I just put there. Three Garfields. I had a teacher in my old high school. There was it was built as a sort of a pinwheel, and there was no outside <laughs> windows, so all the classrooms were just boxed in inside this building. Huffman? That is no. a horrible nightmare. Muscle Shoals High School. Okay. They rebuilt a new high school, and now this is the middle school. But there's no outside windows, so my ninth grade science teacher covered the wall literally from ceiling to floor with Garfield posters. And it's every hang in there, normal, anything. She could find a Garfield, and they were all laminated and put on there. And if you had so much as breathed on one, that woman would come apart like a shitstorm. And it's really, I think, the only thing that held on. And the weirdest is that by the end, when he started looking at the posters, you'd look at her. She was a kind of a, you know, she's really short, and she was kind of bigger, and she had red hair, and she was old, and she looked like a damn Garfield. <laughs> like, you could see, like, all right, so she sees herself in Garfield, and she would eat lasagnas and like was oh, about wow. that That's Garfield that life. It's a burned. I cannot even look at Garfield that anymore. Is, you just perfectly theater. described a ninth grade science teacher. That is yeah. that is performance um, art at that point. That's Yeah, incredible. no, she lived the dream of Garfield. So I was just going to say, instead of We'll get we'll get to Daniel's yeah. third. We'll, everybody else who want you to say your piece on Garfield here while... Yeah. Um, all right, just to talk up, this isn't like necessarily one of my favorite strips. It, it, it's just one that's always been around. It, it, the fucking thing is an empire at this point. I mean, Jim Davis has made a mint off of, off of Garfield. And now we get to the point of the show where TJ once again says that because it's been around a long time and it's popular, <laughs> that makes it good. Not Casuals everything but around But again, me, it's, it's one of those things where you, you if you envision like a Mount Rushmore of cartoon strips, here comes TJ's. Then once you again, have to it. put up the face of Garfield up there. That's See, oh, you can't do it. And and to talk, did the same logic <laughs> for every number four because we have the same format, Daniel. <laughs> we have the same format every show, and it has to stick to that. 
Um, and also, just to, just to say, like, there are funny Garfield moments. I mean, you know, shoving Odie off of the end of the of the bar, hilarious. Also, yeah, and also his like slacker mentality. I mean, he is kind of like one of the original slackers of of you know the, the cartoon world or whatever. He's a cat and he hates Mondays. Yeah. Oh. well, not just hating Mondays, but he just doesn't give a shit. There, there is positive qualities to Garfield in the sense that it, it is. A, you know the the idea is is funny. Uh, I will say there that was, fat cat could have ever found his penis to lay normal. I will say <laughs> there was a touching series. I think it was back in the late seventies, early eighties, when he like runs away and finds his family, and they turned it into when it like the first animated special was based on those strips, and that's actually mm. a good bit. But Jake, your thoughts on Garfield? Well, we've already we covered a lot of ground, but I I wanted to talk a little bit, like I mentioned earlier, about the the art that has come because like Garfield is such a cultural force. I think because it's just so ubiquitous, like everybody. It's got that ridiculous, recognizable, and it's almost like because it's so hammy and like crummy, like that everybody is kind of like, yeah, that's that's perfectly a Sunday comic. I mean, like it's only vaguely funny, but you see it every day. It's the stability of seeing it. Like you don't want to see a Sunday comic <laughs> page without Garfield in there, kind of. I look even though you're not I look even forward to the day. <laughs> so even though you're not really gonna be I like, actually, laughing, I want, but, right? I wanted to talk about uh, a lesser-known like art project based on Garfield called Lasagna Cat. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. Mm-hmm. Fill me in. Everyone listening, check out lasagnacat.com. It's a series of web shorts done by uh, a troupe, and what they do is it's a three-part thing every every deal. They live act the comic strip in question i have seen this yeah they li- have they, seen they this. with excellent costumes they live act the the three panel or four panel comic strip with hilarious canned laughter then they show the comic strip then they perform a musical tribute to the comic strip <laughs> usually with an incredibly relevant song uh, I definitely recommend you check out the Alan Jackson Chattahoochee episode, which is my favorite. So, I don't, it, it, it doesn't even have to be about that. If they're just naming it the Alan Jackson Chattahoochee episode, yeah. I'm sold. Lasagna Cat. It is I'm gonna masterful. I'm going to get home. That's awesome. All right, Daniel, who was your fourth spot? My fourth spot was Peanuts. Um, nice. That's a choice that is probably going to show up again. Yeah, yeah, I'm throwing it in there. I know it'll come back later. Uh, Peanuts is it's seminal. It, it goes on the TJ method. Uh, of like seminal, <laughs> like seminal fluid. Yeah. Most good things do. Charlie Brown busting a nut. Charlie Brown. Um, you know, it gives you those great moments we all remember from the TJ reasonings of it. <laughs> has these memorable moments. Uh, it invented the cartoon special, really. Of you know, doing a big special. Um, you know, there's actually moments in Peanuts that are kind of funny. And really, a lot of it is I love the character Linus. And I it maybe or may not had one time tried to convince a theater teacher that we should do your good man, Charlie Brown. So, Lee, I could play Linus, even though I couldn't tap dance or sing worth the shit. But I was going to play Linus because I loved Linus. And I loved the way they made a character be, you know, he's what, six, seven? Bald. But, well, not That's not Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown. I'm talking about Linus. Linus oh, got okay. a nice head of hair. Oh, yeah. like seven strings of, of <laughs> hair on his head. It's real luscious. It took locks. a while to draw his hair. Yeah, I and mean, how you know he's he's partly Baptist preacher, partly like Buddhist master, partly I think a communist. At his ability to rhetoric character. things around. Right. Wasn't his shirt red? Yeah, there you go. Mm, red shirt, go. red striped shirt. I have a, I have a Linus T-shirt. The actually. long march to the pitcher's mound. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good selection. I've got peanuts coming up as well. Um, I, me too. I think that uh, 
I, I like I, peanuts did not make my list, but but I, I do like the absurdism in the uh, Snoopy Red Baron like tangents. Yeah, I really like those because it is evidence of an insane animal thinking crazy things. And, and were you not me. disappointed when you found out that, to my knowledge, I've never seen a black and white beagle? Yeah, hmm. I've they made him black and white, and he's a beagle. But I have never seen a black and white. Odie's beagle. a beagle too, and I've never seen a beagle that's yellow. Odie's a beagle. Yes. God, Garfield sucks. Like that's it's a it's a he's a retriever because he's dumb as hell. No, not a retriever. Odie is dumb, dude. Let's just say that it. Golden neck? retrievers are really loyal and they're sweet dogs, but they're they, dumber than shit. They are. And Odie was dumber than shit. He'd go do anything like a golden retriever. He'd he'd get kicked off the you table know, and not to go back to right Garfield, back but it just seems like John was a cat person, and, and to have no, the Odie, cat person, only. Odie got dropped off by a friend. Oh. At early in the strip, he was supposed to watch him for a couple of days. That became a twenty-five year love. Literally, literally, what oh, happened God. is they just—I think they wrote the friend out and kept Odie with John. But all right, so that was our four spots. Uh, myself, Daniel, and I mean myself, TJ, and Jake picked Garfield. Daniel had peanuts. That brings us to our third spot. Third spot, and my third spot is peanuts as well. Uh, Daniel touched on a, a lot of this uh, incredible longevity and ability to enter the cultural landscape that actually kind of became bigger than the comic strip itself with the advertising the TV specials the movies as well uh, this it still runs in syndication and I will say this comic strip produced the saddest movie I ever saw as a child Snoopy Come Home? Absolutely. Oh yeah. So I cannot watch Snoopy Come Home, listen to the music or see any of those scenes without really tearing up and crying because it is about your pet running away and leaving. Yeah. And Charlie Brown is already depressed. He is he is completely lost in this film. Well, Charlie Brown's just a, a bummer. I mean, Peanuts in general, the whole thing and is his a only bummer friend of leaves a... Him. Yeah, it, it's a bummer of a strip in general. And that's the beauty of it, is that it right. has... How the fuck can something about this just horribly depressed kid and just... Because how, it's about children. Well, yeah. I think it's because it, it's a, it's so realistic because life really is full of endless disappointment and whatever you love the most will leave you. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, Snoopy come home. That's an objective child. fact. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, none of us is none of us is disagreeing. So. Yeah, no, I think, hey, I'm glad that there were yeah, no pretty good. Yeah, it's true. No, I, I picked it three much most because of Garfield and the fact that it the longevity issue and the fact that it is a kind of a cultural icon. It's still it's still running in reruns even long after Charles Schultz has passed away. Yeah, yeah, God rest him. All right, Daniel, who's your third spot? My third spot is not actually... It's a comic that does not appear in circulations in papers, but is a daily comic. It's the Penny Arcade. Some some people mentioned this and was wondering if it could no, make it the list. No, it completely is there. It's a comic strip. Yeah, it is yeah. a cartoon-drawn comic strip, but I play a lot of video games, and their ability to nail the video game culture is so great, and that they... They're breaking what I think where comic strips will go. They're it's yeah, a little it already more has, edgy. Really. Yeah, it's it's a little more edgy. It's a comic strip that is brought on. There's penny arcade like conventions now. Like the the PAX East and PAX West are based around Penny Arcade's success, and now that becomes a thing. If you want to go to PAX, not necessarily just to see the guys who made it, but to see all the new games and shit. It's it's just a great great comic. It's just I don't think there's any way around it. It, it consistently makes me laugh, and that's rare for a three panel 
drawing with a couple of sentences to make me excited and, and laugh every day. Although Penny Arcade is not my favorite webcomic, it is one of the two that don't make me puke immediately. Right. I, I do like Penny Arcade, and I think that you, you were very wise to include it because I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that it really has become a cultural unto itself. I mean, PAX is a huge convention. Uh, the forums are huge. Child's Play is a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, now that they have the Penny Arcade Report, the, like the news factor of it is is like a very is like an actually respectable it, games journalism outlet. And it's a matter too is that there's a lot of video game web comics. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people trying to make them. A lot of them pander so hard to Zelda fan or to whatever Penny Arcade in the similar sense of where at some point I don't know exactly when but South Park sort of turned the camera back on itself of the way you look at culture and it became great satire mm-hmm. of looking at seminal moments of things that are going on Penny Arcade does that with video with the video game culture around it instead of just being like hey you ever realize that Zelda probably wants to fuck the, you know the very oh that's pretty funny you I, know I think the simpler reason why it's more successful than other video game webcomics is because they're not fucking retarded no they are always absolutely. a good reason so absolutely good yeah it's absolutely. so smartly written Video game web comics because there's so many of them and they're so horrible. Penny Arcade is the only one. Well, they did. They recently did one that was great about how um, one of the characters on it uh, he doesn't have to wear glasses, so he goes to the eye doctor and he's like, "I need reverse LASIK." And they're like, why do you want, do you have perfect vision? He's like, no. Do you know how hard it is to be a fucking nerd, a real nerd, and I don't wear glasses? Like, I'm chastised and hated amongst my own kind. They like, are. Like, in the next panel, his eyes are just fucked up completely, and, like, has little cuts on him, and he's just like, oh, we'll go see Iron Man. I read the book. And, like, he now gets, like, the credibility he's always looked for because he can wear glasses. All right, TJ. Yeah, I need to check out more of that, because I... I, hey, I check know- it out. Check it out. PDRK.com. Go check it out. I, I've, I've seen it. I just haven't, like, got that much into it. Like, I... I uh, what is it? X KXXCD. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. But like, that's such a poorly drawn strip. Like, it's funny, but um, and like the oatmeal is pretty funny too. But that doesn't really count as a comic strip because no, it's so it's, many. It's, it's a blog. Yeah, it's. Right, PJ, PJ, Actually, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, one of the editors of the oatmeal. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, my third is, uh, and it's not necessarily a strip. Because uh, it normally is like one panel, uh, but it it was extremely important in like yeah developing my sense of humor and, and a lot of people's and it's the far side. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is co- again coming up. Probably one that's coming up here. In it's still funny today, and like that's tough. To, I mean that that strip stopped back in what 90? early nineties. Yeah, I mean, but it. it they're still calendar. They still sell calendars and all this stuff. And you, if you pick up a Far Side Strip now, it's still funny. And it's the the style of art is is just iconic, and the sense of humor that he has is just so off the fucking wall. The, it's been it's been people have tried to uh, imitate it, but it's never been done. Like uh, Gary Larson is, you know, a fucking genius. The amazing I, thing about that is it was a comic strip that did not rely on a central cast of characters. Yeah. It was just a setting or an idea or a concept, and it worked. And I've got the far side coming up as well. So, yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with all that. And they're still like, yeah, just laugh out loud funny. The concepts that he put out there were just how the fuck did he think of it? And, but now it's, it's, that's one of the sad things. Like, a lot of these strips that we're talking about, like, yeah, like Jim Davis doesn't draw or do anything on that. He's just raking in money. But, like, Gary Larson, um, kind of referencing another ship I'm going to bring up, uh, but he just stopped. I mean, that was he was still yeah, yeah, successful I know where you're going on and that just as well. stopped. And 
Um, that takes a lot of balls, but they they still and they haven't been able to like do new far side strips because it was all out of one guy's brain. Yeah. Oh, he'll he'll go after people that post them online as yeah, well. Yeah, it's um, we still got those books to sell. Yeah, I exactly. mean, I, I've, I'm gonna save a lot of my far side talk for later. Okay, so. yeah, I understand. I just I just, uh, I just wanted to put that on there. All right, Jake, who's your third spot? Uh, well, now that the webcomic ice has been cracked, uh, I have to bring up, I mentioned earlier there were two, and I have to bring up my favorite webcomic, and I think really the funniest comic, you know, like serial that I've ever read, and now it, it's moved completely to print, so it's not really technically a webcomic anymore, is uh, the Perry Bible Fellowship. Nice. Which, uh, to me, Enlighten is... Enlighten me. Well, it's, I don't really... Yeah, I'm not a... All I can tell you is that it is absurdism done fantastically well. It is uh, it's th- incredible artistry. Yeah, it's three panel strips. Not not always. Sometimes it's ones. Yeah. yeah um, ones too. But it's it's always. Um, I've actually in my truck right now. Actually, I have uh, the the Parable Fellowship collection. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it, it's um it's a really hilarious. Well, uh, it's just incredibly well written and, yeah. and like, enlighten us about the strip. Okay. What's it about? Well, it's yeah. it, you know it's kind of similar to the Far Side and that it's not about anything. Thing. It's, just, okay. it's yeah. just a different joke Completely every time. Completely surreal in a lot of ways. Oh, um, yeah. Definitely surrealist. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the strips that... that okay, I, I can relate one of my favorites. Okay, so <laughs> this kid is walking... It's so hard to talk about comics in a verbal, like, oh, well, let me talk in you through In a non-visual it. medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this kid... Use your imaginations. Get off them video games. I'll paint you a picture. So this kid is making a sandcastle on the beach, you know, and he's, like, having fun, this, like, picture of idyllic fantasy. And this... All of a sudden, he looks up, and Poseidon Resplendent is riding a, a cresting wave as he approaches the shore, and just with this, like, glory, raises his arms, and, like, he's got these ocean sleeves unfurled. And he looks down at the kid, and the waves have washed away his sandcastle, and the kid just looks dejected. And he puts his hand on the kid's shoulder and looks down and says, I, too, have lost a kingdom. <laughs> and in the third panel are these cops taking away this child molester posing as Poseidon. <laughs> Excellent. That's yeah, that's, that's a perfect... Uh, PBFcomics.com, I think. Or PBFcomics.org. Yeah, definitely have to check true. that out. So those were some good um, third spots right there. Let's see here. I had Peanuts. Uh, Daniel had the Penny Arcade. TJ had the Far Side. Jake had the Perry Bible Fellowship. Brings us to our second spot. Uh, we've already touched on mine. It is the Far Side. Uh, like uh, TJ said, so bizarre, off the wall, and out of left field, especially for its time of the 80s and 90s. One of those strips when you go back and read it is like, how was, you know, how did this this humor translate during this time but then you think about it, it's like well this is probably the perfect time for this stuff to come out um like i said it was popular and it did not have a main character settings yeah they kind of went back to the cows or the pigs or the chickens or the idiot humans the way he drew them uh but it was one off with no serialization which a lot of strips really started falling on in that period of time and the fact that you still see calendars you still see the books it was one of those books when i was a little kid and went to a bookstore there's there was one main strip that i always had to get the collections but Far, the far side was another one that I always had to get to collect. It's funny, like I'll they're gonna like knockoffs. Like I'll I'll look at like even a funny non sequitur, like uh, the one of the non sequitur strips, like the another uh, uh, far side ripoff, and I'll I'll look at it and chuckle and be like, you're not the fucking far side though. Yeah, like you'll maybe you made me chuckle, but you'll never. That make was the, lightning in a bottle type yeah. stuff that he did. Uh, Daniel, who's my your My number spot? two is also the far side. Um, we got my granddad 
every year for a good 15 years a far side calendar and he would save them that's where i learned when i was a kid to really like it is my granddad always saved the really good ones like the, the my favorite my favorite comic strip moment ever it's it's these four um cavemen sitting around a fire and they all have their hands in the fire with the meat and one of them was like hey i think og's got the right idea and it shows the one like obviously has his glass the glasses on so he's a smart one and he has the meat on a stick <laughs> and it's like the simple shit like that that you describe it it sounds stupid or the beer that has the target and he's like bummer of a birthmark how like it's my favorite it's is the um, school for the gifted one yeah, yeah and the push and the yeah. kids but not only that but it seemed like it was a really smart strip too like it, w- it was a, a strip that uh, condemned stupidity and and just like uh, if you understood like you know b- basic science concepts and stuff but it, it rewarded just having a little bit of intelligence oh absolutely and, and I think as a nerdy kid that's, I think, kind of a reason I gravitated towards it. It was like, ah, they're making fun of the dumbasses. Yeah, I, I definitely liked the Forest Side growing up. It, it didn't make my list uh, just because it never had that, like, personal, I don't know, I never, never developed, like, a real hard crush on it. But it is, it's undeniably great. It, yeah, it's, it was a, it's one of the strips that it crossed. My dad could find it funny, I could find it funny as a kid, and my granddad could find it funny. And it's rare that in that kind of medium, there's something that everyone kind of can kind of agree that the far side's great. That's a good point. Very good point. TJ, who's your uh, second spot? Uh, my second spot, and I think we might be running into it again later. I always say that, and normally it happens. Uh, it's Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that's coming um, up. That, now, this, this would have been my number one. The, the only reason it's not is because... Um, for the same reason the far side it, it ended its run too early but there are um one the art in this thing is gorgeous. absolutely gorgeous the, especially the, the sunday the strips. sunday strip is incredible the art looks amazing and it's one of those styles you can't replicate and, and the um, war bill watterson fought to get expanded sunday strips yeah. is uh the something. even the the title um the 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 titular like uh, panel the first one that starts it off those were gorgeous I mean mm-hmm. everything about the strip and, and it's nostalgic for for a lot of people probably listening to this podcast because that's our era but um yeah and just uh the the imagination that went into it and I mean not only that like the it's kind of like the far side the absurdity of it alone like the you could there's entire books of the calvin snowmen uh you know the, the snow yeah set up Th- those things are incredible uh, yeah on its own that could have been its own fucking hilarious strip just uh those things and so like we'll talk about it later again but um yeah the the calvin and Hobbes is, is definitely gonna make this list all right jake who's your second spot my number two and i referenced it earlier um is to me the only comic I've ever seen that has, without fail, never produced a a moat of laughter from my belly, except in in like some kind of bitter like mocking sense. Is the fantastic and irreplaceable Family Circle? God damn it! Fuck <laughs> uh, you! God it is amazingly you. unfunny. I think that it takes real talent the to create something that is so drowning on you right incredibly now. Incredibly unfunny. It's amazing. I mean, like, there's not even... It's a joke. I mean, I feel like I don't get it. It's so funny, that, or it's so unfunny that you look at it and you feel dumber for saying, like, was he hinting at something that I don't know about? Like, is there some, like, Chopin not reference me. that I don't collect <laughs> yeah. here? It's incredible. And I think that takes mastery. It takes a special breed of human being that 
the person that keeps and collects family circus shit. Who reads it? Why is yeah. it still picked up? You know, in the I will read it is, every time. I, yeah, I always read I think it. It's, because, just look it's at become it, that thing it. where you hate read it. Yeah. yeah, there's something to be said for that. Yeah, uh, I don't know though. It, that is a. Uh, I mean, I, I will say this right now. That is not going to end up on the. Oh no, no but it's a fantastic. I, I, I know that two debate. of my and my number one won't end up on it either, but oh, because it's well, I'll explain. But uh, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's family. A that's a that's a fun choice because there's been so many good rants about why this strip is horrible. Oh, it's it's plain as day. I mean, then the flat reason is because it's hellishly unfunny. Very much so. And, uh, so that was our second spots. Uh, myself and Daniel had the far side. TJ had Calvin and Hobbs, and Jake had the wonderful family circle. For family circus, my bad. See, so, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, 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 the, most of the panels here. are circles. Family exactly. Yeah. Circus. Yeah. I see oh, what he did there. Oh my God! Do you get it now? No. Wow. <laughs> clever, clever strip. All right, that's going to bring us to our one spots. Uh, mine. This was a no-brainer. As soon as I heard we were doing comic strips, this was going to be one, and there was no no room for any other spot. This strip was my childhood. I got a collection of this strip every time a new one came out. Read it cover to cover. I still have every one of them in my closet somewhere. It's Calvin and Hobbes. I love this strip with all my heart. Uh, I was not a bad student like Calvin, but I could relate to his imagination and being the only one who saw the world differently because I would always, you know, see something one way and then all the kids in the class would see something the, something differently. I love dinosaurs the same way Calvin did. Um, just read the book yeah, cover to cover. Uh, the artwork on those, like the dinosaur strips. Those the were, dinosaurs and the like, Spaceman spiff. Yeah, the, the yeah. artwork was so fucking good. And when you read about Bill Watterson, he wanted to do art and... That's why he fought to get those Sunday strips the way he did. And then when you also read about Bill Watterson, he is an incredible douchebag and decided one day I'm done. Yeah. And that was the end of Calvin and Hobbes. And the last strip of Calvin and Hobbes is actually a really touching one. That's like, oh, wow, that's that's it. And yeah, uh, but it's, it's one for me. Yeah, it's my number one as well. And um as again, it's one of those that was generational. My granddad religiously read Calvin and Hobbes. And I think it is a strip that speaks to a certain person. Of I, I grew up as, a, as an only child with a single mom for a lot of my young youth. So I got the idea of having to make up your own friends and your own kind of world. And it stands up. It's one that it stands up. Um, they were able to do long story arcs, mm -hmm. which a lot of the comic strips, if they were doing a story arc, it's a couple of panels. They would do ones that would go weeks on end. Transmogrifier, yeah, the Yukon trip. Yeah, like there's and they're really good stories, like strip to strip. It follows a complete, concise story. I love that they would actually make references back to things like the like the noodle incident and yeah. the the how the box turned one way would be one thing and turned the other way would be something well, else. Well, you it made a comic strip more to me felt more of them like a comic book and that you you would you would re-reference things that had happened before and you you kind of had to know where it was going from and let's look at the fact that uh, if you go to some of the the like ripped apparel and yeti t uh, websites to do like the one day pop culture sort of mashup t-shirts for 10 bucks 
Calvin and Hobbes is one of the most popular things oh, to add absolutely. in there. I there's bought the, one. I bought one with a tiger sleeping with a Calvin doll. Yeah, and um, I saw there's a Calvin and Hobbes. It's a Doctor Who one, and there's one that's a Sherlock Holmes. Like you, that's one of the things that people still gravitate towards for the artwork and for the nostalgia and it, for everything. Well, yeah. Also, it's it's another one like the Far Side too. It's it's one that um, was incredibly smart. I mean, the shit that came out of Calvin's mouth was you know that was Bill Watterson's opinion basically. But you know he he touched on topics of like atheism and and just the fact that the characters are named after philosophers yeah that that was a big deal and now we're all seeing why Garfield was really damn dumb. <laughs> Very much so. Like, this Very just much brings so. up the back too, is that you can well, make smart comics. Another with- big thing about Calvin and Hobbes, Bill Watterson refused to merchandise Calvin and Hobbes outside of the collections and maybe a calendar, and, and that was even rare. He refused animated series. He refused t-shirts. He hated the fact that Calvin ended up pissing on Ford. That's on so one many of the saddest cars. things ever. Yeah. Hey, man, he's just proud of what he is, man. He's a, Ford, he's a Chevy man. Or he's a Ford man, or he's an Auburn man, or he's an Alabama man, or he's an American because he pissed on them Al Qaeda too after 9 11. <laughs> and sometimes he had double hey, piss stream if he didn't like two things. Bill he Watterson, went above peeing on two things. So Watterson made the line is like, I grossly miscalculated the commercial appeal of Calvin peeing on things. Yeah, yeah. it's so dumb too because like uh, people like basically looked at Calvin as like this, like almost like a Bart Simpson type character. Like, oh, I just, you know, put pissing on whatever the fuck but it was much smarter <laughs> that than old that. calvin yeah. he's back peeing on stuff again yeah. he can't stop him uh, when he gets that urine in him he just crazy and right. the people who like put that on their truck are, are i don't know special ever, breed of asshole yeah well, probably never breed. read the strip uh, yeah ever uh, but they had a strong opinion like calvin on ford or chevy or alabama <laughs> okay, or, or, Albert, or, or jeff gordon or, or al-qaeda so i mean they had strong opinions like calvin so sadly that mix. may be like one of the longest lasting uh things about the the strip it's uh that yeah. fuck fuck i want to go play calvin ball now but tj we need to get your one spot um my number one and i think if you took a, a four-person panel of comic strip uh, uh, people or like artists themselves, they would probably put this one number one, and it's peanuts for me. Um, the fact that you could take out every single uh, character in the panel and just have the background itself, and you know exactly where you're at. You could have the Lucy's, uh, you know, psychology stand, or or just uh, you know the 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 doghouse itself, or just the number of like Linus and and and. Uh, Charlie Brown over the uh, uh, over the wall. the wall, exactly. I mean, every single one of those was a setup, and just the fact that uh, you could have. If you go back, it was such a depressing strip, and uh, I read uh, uh, Chuck's uh, uh, biography. It was um, or auto, not autobiography. It was his biography, but um, it was incredibly sad. Like that, he was Charlie Brown, and th- that strip ran for so long. And what's interesting about that too is. Y- People have tried to imitate uh, Charles Schultz's um, art style, and the the way his hand shook, and it got really bad towards the end of his career because, like, he he ended up with uh, I'm not sure what he died from, but it was his his artwork deteriorated. But the little shakes in his hand, you you can't mimic it. It's impossible. You can't do the Garfield like here's the stamp, you know, of what the character looks like because nobody can. No matter how you try and draw. Snoopy or Charlie Brown, it's off just slightly. You can't mimic it, and um, it's yeah. And plus, uh, it produced some of the best uh, 
Christmas specials and Halloween specials and like everybody grew up with Peanuts and, and those it, characters. And is he not also, isn't Charles Schultz the most famous Art Institute graduate? You know those commercials they used to run where they'd send you the little pamphlet. Draw you the could, turtle head. You draw the turtle head and like the dog and they always say like Charles, that's how Charles Schultz, Schultz got his start is he's like, you know, be a be famous like, artist like him. I always thought it'd be really fun to like take that test where it's like draw the turtle head and you just draw like this nightmarish like hillscape of like a turtle like head impaled on a spike and like demons flailing juxtaposed. around had a great uh, feature. They, I think the, I think Juxtapose actually has a f- artist feature of the month where they have uh, uh, somebody, a famous tattoo artist or whatever mm. artist, just like fuck that test up horribly and just go apeshit on it and yeah, draw flames. And, and I think that was probably a secret government test to see the ones who did fuck it up. They got put on a list somewhere. See, yeah. I would like to get a tattoo now that you mentioned of the turtle head and then have That's like a half completed idea. tattoo next to it and let people fill it in. It's an awful idea. What do you That's, say? Yeah. I, I think <laughs> it's good. This is the um, this is the medium for awful ideas. But I, I think I think penis is going to end up on here, so I, I don't have to say too much. But um, yeah, that's that strip is uh, just completely iconic, and I've, I've always loved it. So. All right, Jake, who's your one spot? I'm pretty confident, and I'll preface it like this, that only one of my four will will even make it to the final discussion, and I'm fine with that. I came into this with that because I wanted to talk about some comics that don't get talked about a whole lot, and I think I accomplished that with three of them, except everyone talks about how bad uh, Family Circus is. But um, <laughs> this one I chose as my number one because it really is my favorite Sunday comic, and really for no other reason than that. It is my favorite, um, and it's very personal to me. Uh, because it is a window into a culture that I have been a part of for, you know, six years of my life, and it's very strange and it's very foreign to most people, and that comic is Beetle Bailey. Very good choice. I think uh, Beetle Bailey is an interesting comic because it is a bizarre window into the, the operating culture of the military, and if you are in the military or have been, it's much funnier, believe it or not. <laughs> I mean, I know that may be hard to conceive of because, you see, no one looks at Beetle Bailey and is like, oh, I can't wait to see what old Sarge is getting into this week. But like that, it's obviously written with a great deal of reverence for like the um, bizarre idiosyncrasies of the military life, and like it, it it does it very well. And it's hard for me to convey how accurate it is. And it's strange that a Sunday comic would would be like this. But unless you've been there, you wouldn't get how real it is. I do love the. This might sound horribly the stereotypical ethnic characters in that oh, Lord. strip. Man, look, yeah, I didn't say well, it was all good. Oh no, I, I, and then <laughs> it, was it was a different uh, time, man. Exactly, it was. It was, it was almost kind of that charming, endearing sign of the times. Like now, it's like wow. There, they there got away are, with that. There are like subtle touches. Like all the characters ha- are like wearing appropriate rank, yeah, and things like that. And not only that, but that it's so they're, they're drawn. Like the general is drawn in such a way that like the first thing you see about him are these like ridiculous his one star that he wears on his epaulets, and like it's. It's drawn in, in a completely unrealistic way, so that like you always see their rank because that's such an important factor in our in our lives. In the yeah, military. and I, and the military has embraced that strip. Oh it's yeah, done a lot of things at time during the wartime, things like that. Exactly, and, um, in support of the armed services. And, and, so I think, that, and I think it's really neat, just because it's such it like for non-military folks, it's a cool window into like this really bizarre microcosm that we all have like lived in. Where we all have our Isn't own. Isn't there like jokes. a hot chick that works in the military Ms. with Bu- them? Miss Buxley. Yep. Yeah, Miss Buxley. <laughs> yeah, Buxley, absolutely. She's buxom. She. Yeah. Beetle Bailey was on my rotation of strips I read every day. I liked. I, and I legitimately like it. I think it's like it's never like oh my god, but like it's you know it'll make you laugh. So that, that's a good choice. Very good choice. Um, 
that was our one spot. Myself and Daniel had Calvin and Hobbs. TJ brought up Peanuts again. Jake with Beetle Bailey. I'm going to go around the room now, um, kind of give some honorable mentions, strips that might not have gotten mentioned. Got a couple. Um, one, for reasons we talked about unfunny strips and depressing and all that, um, it's Funky Winker Bean. Oh. <laughs> this is a strip that has lived in a couple of different versions. One, when all the characters were in high school and they went through all the like typical high school stuff, teenage pregnancy and drug use and all that. Then they time-shifted to college and did the same thing. People got married, divorced, yada yada. Then they time-shifted again, reflecting around the death of a main character's wife to cancer and had a multiple episode arc showing her suffering from cancer right there. Then shifted like I think ten years to where they're in, they're all like in midlife and now have kids in high school. And yeah, it's totally unfunny, and it always got criticized for being an unfunny strip because it showed real life, which I always thought was just a wonderful thing you want to read Sunday morning while you're eating a bowl of cereal. Yeah. But on the flip side, for a funny uh, strip, I was always partial to Mother Goose and Grimm. Uh, it was always yeah, kind of bizarre and off the wall. It was yeah. a one, sh- it was a one panel strip, but it it tend to have Those some were funny, funny yeah. moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my honorable mention is the Boondocks. Um, I really wanted to put it in there, and I couldn't. Um, it's the. I felt that. I mean, I guess I could mention Doonesbury. I hear there was some great moments to it. I've never gotten Doonesbury, so I don't know. Doonesbury was always on the editorial page and it, not the Sunday yeah, strip yeah. page. And that but, was like um, one that was too smart for me or something. Like I just didn't get it when yeah, I was. But reading I think that's strips. where Aaron Aaron Gruber in doing Boondocks it did kind of the same thing right there where it's very hyper intelligent. It's more of a looking on to a culture and sort of a reflection. Um, the, the cartoon it produced is one of my favorites of all time. And I mean, I wanted to put it in there, but it's just next to some of the, the giants that are in strips. It, it's just not quite there, but it deserves at least a mention of being excellent. TJ, what would your honorable mention be? Um, I, I guess, um, I'd, I'd have to go. I was going to say, yeah, Doonesbury would be one uh, just offhand. Too just, many characters, though. It, yeah, I mean, it, it, it seemed like that I, was, I missed the boat of when it, because that shit started yeah. like in the Nixon era or yeah, something Yeah, so you like missed that. the boat because you weren't alive during the Nixon era. And I think that's really, <laughs> it's one of those you had to get in on the ground floor and find and, out. Where but I mean, it's a very at. iconic art style. I mean, they had like the whole like uh, Hunter S. Thompson as, as uh, the, the Duke for president uh, yeah. campaign and stuff like that. And so it's, it's still relevant to a certain set but like it's one of those things that was too smart for me one I could relate to though uh, to a degree and I always thought was pretty funny was Andy Cap uh, you wife beating drunk I, well, <laughs> that's a great home of, here's what's life. funny about of Andy Cap hot fire uh, of hot, hot fries, fries yeah of hot fries fame Andy Cap is funny I don't even know if they do the strip anymore but it's funny for two fucking reasons the only place that a comic strip takes place is one at the bar and two at the door coming home from the bar dealing with the fucking wife and that's it it's like the, but it's there's we, yeah, I, I like know. that it's like clearly born out of one man's frustration <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah there's no question I mean I've, I've been in relationships before where like it's like I don't want to go home right now and I alright fuck this I'm gonna go to the bar for happy hour and happy hour turns into coming home at you know one o'clock in the fucking morning right. and, and the missus is not too happy with you but um 
Yeah, there's like a weird, uh, there's like a weird dudeness to that strip where it's just fucking handicapped. You never see his fucking I, eyes. You just. I want to know the people who make those hot fries. The marketing pitch is like, hey guys, we got a hip new <laughs> title sponsor for this. We're gonna have handicap on the thing. Yeah, the, the kids pe- love. Yeah, this the strip. people at Tom's were like, wait a minute, we need a real sassy character to sell these. That Cheeto Cheetah is really kicking our ass. Who are we gonna get? How about handicap? Brilliant! What's he do? Get drunk, fight the wife. Awesome! That definitely exemplifies the values of hot fries. You never see her hair. Like, she is not ever, like, not wear curlers. It's just, like, it's always the middle of the fucking night when you have to deal with her. It's, uh... Yeah, that, that <laughs> very, very good choice. Very good choice. Jake, who is your honorable mention? My first honorable mention is the comic strip that defined a haircut, and that's Prince Valiant. Nice. Oh, Undeniable yeah. because of, of the fashion implications and Great. also because it was so unbelievably boring. Just Great. one Great static spoof shot. and oh, space balls. And then a paragraph of text. The Great Spoof and space balls, Prince Valiant. Right. It's, it's 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 a waking nightmare that we've all had to endure when we accidentally read it <laughs> on our way yeah. on our way you as know. the very and bottom not of the page being, and through. not being a part of the overarching like we're talking about those you know the ability to do a story arc in Calvin and Hobbes oh. that shit was you epic. were not in on the ground floor of <laughs> Prince Valiant you were <laughs> worthless and they also showed and that was such a weird. They did that with Spider-Man also, where right. Spider-Man, it still runs in some, and that oh, was the last one. Yeah, yeah, right. and, and, and that's how serials are. Dick Tracy, yeah. Spider-Man, I mean, they're, they're all, you know, serials, and they're, Ser- they're yeah. written to be that way. And that was actually Stan Lee's last things he was doing with Spider-Man. It was up until not that long ago that Stan Lee finally quit actually writing the comic strip. They finally mm. was like, you're going to be done doing the comic strip, which is the most writing he's ever done yeah, for I, anything I, at Marvel, I, I but that's to, a story for another day. I've Jack still got Kirby, your Marvel comic books, uh, your Marvel comic. Um, Untold story yeah. of Marvel Comics. Beautiful read. Uh, I'm halfway through. It's really good. Yeah, it's really good there. But um, yeah, no Prince Valiant. Fuck that guy. I mean, who could who could possibly love such a man? N- no princess. I'll tell you that. No, ain't no princess. Just but, a bunch but, of dudes. But my second. Um, I, I dare you to find a gay man who thinks that haircut looks good. <laughs> it's impossible. My uh, runner-up is the princess. My other honorable mention, and that's the beloved Kathy, heroine of... Motherfucker. Uh, of our fucking Family office ladies everywhere. Family circus and Kathy. Right. Oh, yeah. The, what's my favorite comics? Command? Well, actually, if you look at the longevity of a comic <laughs> strip and its cultural impact... I uh, think that Kathy, Kathy and is a materialistic, circus. like... Con- like obsessed with consuming whether it's products or food into her gullet like I think you could sum up that entire comic with a one panel of a giant Leviathan Kathy shoveling and their slaves shoveling like heaps of one dollar bills into her gaping mouth like that I'm glad you said mouth yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, what doesn't gape going. on that beautiful ass? But I mean, it's a total—it's a total nightmare. I mean, like I always I look looking at it, to lose ten, pounds. and I think like that is what is wrong with everyone. Like this hellish must consume, eat, 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 I eat, love and then die. Thirty Rock when they would bring up the Kathy oh, uh, comparisons so yeah. to Liz. Wasn't Caroline it. in the City the short-lived Leah Thompson vehicle of the '90s based on Kathy? Is very like, she much drove like Carolyn was a was a comic artist who did a yeah, Carolyn right. in the yeah. City. It was definitely a nod to that. Though, don't yeah. knock on Leah Thompson, man. She was a babe ooh, back in the 80s. Ooh, hey, like hey. that. Top <laughs> four Leah Thompson babes. Modoc, Leah Thompson, Modoc, Modoc. Honorable mention, Leah Thompson. Babe that, is such a good word. That movie babe. where she gets pretty much naked with Tom Cruise, like, 
uh, the, all the right moves. All the right moves. Yeah, yeah. I thought it she was doesn't get pretty much naked. Yeah, she doesn't get pretty much naked. She gets butt naked. Yeah, like it is all. I love there. the word babe. I know what I'm doing because right it's now. so dated. When you say babe, you and have like, to be talking about a hot chick the, from the 90s. Like, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> complete exactly tangent. They have the sex scene in the movie, and then like the next scene, she's singing in like the choir at a Christmas pageant. Yeah, yeah, because you know, like sometimes a good girl wants to go a little bad when Tommy Cruise got all the right went, moves. She went bad. Rated PG thirteen. I uh, just a couple of other strips that other people on Twitter mentioned. Stevens sitting on the couch here watching mentioned uh, the web comic questionable content. Uh, Clef on Twitter mentioned the old old comic strip Crazy Cat. Uh, let's see. We had a mention from Bloom County and Dilbert from Josh Thomas. Uh, Aaron uh, mentioned Zitz and For Better or Worse. Zitz is a Zitz pretty is a good really comic. Good one. Yeah. I, I'll I still like read Dilbert, Zitz. frankly. I think Dilbert's Dilbert has his moments in the Another song. one that's mentioned uh, is good too, two yeah. that I need to mention, Luann and Blondie. Those are yeah, actually pretty uh, decent uh, as well. And also, no, uh, Blondie is not decent. Blondie's not good, man. I heard... Yeah, uh, oh, come on. A sandwich <laughs> is all you get out of Blondie. Yeah. All right. My what's roommate. wrong with the fucking sandwich? Jay? I'll tell you what's Nothing. wrong with it is sandwich. that at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure they have a comic land. It's right next to the Marvel Land before you get to Jurassic Park. So I've it's dedicated yeah. to lots of like there's a Beetle Bailey sort of setup thing, and uh, nice. but they have the Dagwood Sandwich Store. You get the Dagwood, and it costs like forty five damn dollars, and Hell all it yeah. really is is just a club sandwich. Like that's is because that's all they could think of. Like Blondie, we could make a we could make a ride. No, 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 no. That's stupid. No one uh, wants to ride the Blondie ride. Yeah, let's. Well, you know what? Let's just make a sandwich shop because Ooh. our comic is boring. Um, All right, so that was the honorable mentions. Uh, Time Life in Hell, as well as we mentioned earlier, yeah, that, from one of my um, friends. I always did love on the Simpsons when the bunnies would make yeah. a uh, ref- appearance in the episodes. Um, so that kind of brings us to our final discussion, kind of going over the ones that have been mentioned multiple times. We have, I think, three mentions apiece for the Peanuts. And Calvin and Hobbes, and I think let's see the far side. Far side, far side three got mentions, three yeah. mentions. Well, I think it's pretty you'll, obvious you'll that it was all. It was never me. <laughs> and and <laughs> the reason it's pretty being, obvious those three oh, yeah. are getting on there. So I don't think there's any question. And the only reason I didn't mention them is because I specifically wanted to talk about some comics. That yeah, and, that, and that's, a good, that's, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good thing. Um, but I will I, certainly concede they all call. And I think we're we're all right with sacrificing Garfield and not putting yeah, you it know, on the know, The more I think about it, yeah, it's. I just don't know how you could have a conversation about about top comics and not mention Garfield for its for its like penetration. Yeah. Well, just because the guy what, would pour it out to everything. <laughs> the hooked cat penis of Garfield. <laughs> yeah. Ear waking its way into your brain. Yeah. It, just because he would he never had a moment in his life that said, you know what, I think I'll make some more money on this cat. Oh, there was never a second He's like the anti Bill Watterson. He's very much the no, anti. No, I mean Bill Watterson <laughs> would make cracks at Jim Davis's expense throughout yeah. the 80s. Uh, but that leaves us with one spot kind of to go through. We have such titles as Beetle Bailey. We do have Garfield. We have the Family Circus. No. Perry Bible <laughs> Fellowship. The Penny no. Arcade. No. Um, so no. I'm open to suggestions. Right. And no. it, it is it is on mine with Penny Arcade, but look at where if you're you're doing we did a lot of things with historical context, but where they're going. Yeah. It is a consistently great strip that is it's still being made for one, which is the of everything else we have are dead strips. Are we getting reruns? Yeah, would, they're rerun, but you're not gonna get another Well no, Calvin new, and Farsight aren't even like printed that you can find them online. Peanuts will be in syndication and papers forever probably. Yeah, I mean he worked that was a stri- I think Peanuts should be number one. 
Uh, just off of uh, longevity and Jim, uh, not Jim Davis. God damn it. Yeah, Jim Davis. Charles, 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 Charles. <laughs> Yeah, I, shit. Now, well, it's, it goes back to the you know Garfield and Jim uh, Davis, Jim uh, Davis, Jim Davis. You can't uh, get away from but, it. But you Charles, can. That, that I'm serious. I, dick. Yeah, it's Jesus. like I said, in your brain, um, clawing its way out. It's in here. Nor- Nervous had one. Too. But like I said, <laughs> I, I think if we were a panel of comic artists, then they would securely put Peanuts at number one. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. an American institution. Yeah, because there was I remember when American Jim Davis passed away every comic strip did a peanuts themed strip yeah exactly um and just out of who else goddamn, is that gonna happen for yeah exactly it's so not jim davis's bitch ass <laughs> no it might <laughs> i'm not saying everybody doesn't dislike him but damn man you can't yeah. i mean that's, uh, that's like i'm all right with putting penny arcade on you know the I, I think i was gonna say like i i think that the that's where the medium is heading and we need a placeholder for that and and uh Perry Bio fellowship I love it. Sure. Like I said, I got the book I in my too. car. But and I, I have to admit, even though I certainly prefer PBF, I Penny Arcade's a great comic. I mean, I, I do like it. And um, and there were, like the hold on, hold on, hold on. We actually came to a discussion without Daniel and TJ nearly coming to blows. <laughs> this is a first. Let it just let this play out. Let it play out. We're just well, gonna let it. Wait a minute. Enjoy the moment. Don't ruin it, damn it. Sorry, motherfuckers. Don't relent for two seconds and realize the genius of the fucking anti humor in Family Circus. <laughs> then you are goddamn disgusting, and none of you deserve to be on the show. And I'm taking mom it from and dad. You. Probably had just a like ridiculously twisted sex life with leather oh hell yes that was the implied subtext the whole time clearly it was a conversation about the fucking I mean we talked about Shanghai Shek earlier when we (laughs) and I I think clearly there's a nationalism versus socialism conversation there about like I mean, Family Circus, think about it. We mentioned the circle earlier. Circle. Circus is Latin from circle. I don't, know if you guys, wheel, I don't know if you guys know about the root there, but that's clearly why it was written in a certain, you know, drawn, framed, as if you're looking through the aperture of a lens from some voyeur poised outside of this nightmare home. <laughs> it's something, I mean, you can't deny I mean, what, it. Like the, it's been not I withdraw, I withdraw my fucking, uh, my acquiescence to the existence of Penny Arcade in this list and instead am fervently assert the right for family circus. Denied. Your assertion is noted, noted and denied. It will be put in the notes. I will note it on my I want it to be carved on my family circus headstone when I'm buried. I want it to be a comic of a dog sitting in a man's lap and the bottom of the caption just says there goes another one <laughs> and then I'm buried underneath it. It's really it's it's like as much as people give shit about, to the New Yorker about their comics that you can't figure out what the joke is. I go it's family circus is almost right there in the same oh, level. Been doing that, yeah, and maybe that's king. the part of it is when you hit the next the the seventh level of enlightenment, family circus becomes the funniest fucking thing. You're like, I get it, I you know. Finally and and get there's it. a weird thing like they talk to their dead grandparents in that. A lie. Oh yeah, a lie. Oh, yeah. See, that's why. So, like, and I go back. Granddad as a ghost. It all goes back to China. Him. Okay, think about it, man. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, the next llama that we choose, they're going to choose him by looking at family circus and what he. He's probably going to be named Jeffrey. Yeah, it's Jeffrey Llama. <laughs> All right, that was our final list for comic strips. We ended up with Peanuts, Calvin and Hobbes, The Far Side, and Penny Family Arcade. Circus. And, and look what just happened. Did anyone notice? 
Daniel pitched a perfect game. That's all four of mine, almost in sequential what? order. That's the first time that's ever happened. The with first anybody. time ever, really Daniel has. redeems himself with a big that. victory. I gave you. You're ruining the good I moment, Daniel. My night, and you ignored me. My you called me night. crazy then. Sure, you all did. Yeah. All yeah. right, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank My you show. again for listening to this. We want to thank Jake you for joining us for the discussion. Join us next time when we discuss another topics mount rushmore we want to thank all the uh wonderful people at trivial pursuits matt for doing the sound all our great sponsors (laughs) until next time signing off and thank you for listening to mount rushmore call me hideo nomo because i'm throwing fire girl you looking (laughs) when you should be twerking i'm never gonna live that oh perfect game